Hello and welcome to another episode of the Home Gym Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today in another episode. This is episode number six. I'm your host, Justin Kozak, the host of the podcast and founder and owner of Custom Home Gyms Canada. For all those who are watching the YouTube video, I just shouted out my sweater. It is a very, very cold February day today, and I'm super excited to introduce the special guest for today's episode. This man wears many hats. He is a power lifter. He's a meat director, literally a hat right now, uh, meat director, referee. Uh, he's a podcast host, father, coach, husband, friend. I, I, I don't know if I'm forgetting anything else there, but welcome to the show, Chris Fudge. Thanks for having me. You forgot a couple things. One is I do a little bit, a little bit of male modeling. Yeah, that's a little side hustle. Um, a little bit of male modeling, and I'm a pretty good dancer. So bes- besides those two, you hit, you hit all the points. I, I can't believe I forgot male model. That was definitely the top of the list. I mean, that's a requirement as a power lifter, right? I mean, they go hand in hand, right? So Pr- pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> well, and, and I just noticed, Jess. I just noticed you've got you've got your swag on yep. on the sweater. Do you have, is that on the mic too? Do you oh have yeah, custom home logo on the mic. That's right. Yeah, it's That's, uh Mike Flag. I got That's it for high quality right there. Yeah, I got it for Christmas for my dad actually. That was probably the best gift he's ever gotten me. Like uh, I'm thinking back a couple of Christmases ago, he got me lifting gloves, and I was kind of laughing. I'm like, Dad, like that's kind of a, a no no in powerlifting, right? He's like, Oh, I thought you would like them. So it's kind of funny to get a really good gift like that from him. So. Yeah, it's. Uh, I took my dad. I took my dad to the gym when I was like 26, and uh, him and I worked out when I was like 12, and we just went a long time without because of what life and he moved. Blah, blah blah. Anyway, so he comes to the gym and I'm in my mid 20s, and he shows up wearing workout gloves, and I'm like, what? What? What do you? They were like meshed. <laughs> like, what do you do with those? Well, I don't want my hands to get messed up. Oh. I'm like, it's gonna be a long hour, Dad. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Like recently, I've been working out with him. He's been coming to my home gym and lifting, and. Uh, yeah, there, there's quite a lot of workouts that end in frustration. You know, I, I remember actually specifically the other week. So I was trying to, I was trying to help him warm up properly for bench and he was just doing a lot of, a lot of this and that, and just moving the weights around in just directions that didn't make sense. And I, I mean, I'm not a coach or anything, but I know what works and what doesn't, you know, where and, it's not supposed to go. Yeah. And, I, and so I'm going, well, dad, like, this is why you don't want to, you know, if you push straight out when you're standing up, like it doesn't really work your chest. It works more your shoulders. Like are you trying to warm up your shoulders, your chest? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I know how to warm myself up. So I said, okay, fine. Right. And so then we go to start benching and, uh, I go to put a little chalk on my back cause I'm slipping and he laughs and he goes, you're, you think a little chalk gonna help you <laughs> dad i swear it's not me who just does this like every power lifter like it's known because and i try to explain to him about the chalk it absorbs moisture and he goes yeah right <laughs> it's so crazy when someone who's not in the sport when you think about it the stuff that we do can look ridiculous oh yeah yeah like like when i uh when i first started my my full-time job uh, as an engineer and i left the university like i was so in the powerlifting mindset i remember uh ordering ammonia like like uh, capsules to my work and uh my coworkers like what the hell is that i'm like oh it's just ammonia they're like ammonia what do you do with that i'm like oh you just crack it you sniff it and you deadlift <laughs> and they're like what the hell is wrong with you and i'm like no 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 it's it's legit trust me it's uh it's legit right so um yeah. Anyway, so I know we've kind of gotten into it, but just a quick, quick back a little bit. Uh, if you could just do a quick little introduction on who you are. I know I gave you, you know, man of many hats, but a little bit of background as who is Chris Fudge? 
Okay. Well, I guess what makes uh, most sense for your audience here, they probably have some form of background in powerlifting and or exercise. So that, that that's a large part of my life. I have been exercising for a lot of years and I, I work in that field. I work as a personal trainer and a strength conditioning coach for Good Life Fitness. And I've been working for them for over a dozen years. And then um, I also coach powerlifters and I've been coaching powerlifters for close to a decade now. And being in the sport as a lifter myself, I, I also run meets with uh, the Victory Barbell team. And um, I've competed in 68 competitions myself. 68? And can, 68. And I can still oh. sit properly. Like there's no wheelchair. This is a wheelchair. <laughs> it's a normal chair. It's not a wheelchair. Yeah. I, I like to exercise in front of people. Uh, that's got to be like pretty close to a record. Well, so here's a funny thing. There is some there is some studs in the sport that have done a lot of meets, and that's what kind of got me thinking about the idea of, of, of someday hitting triple digits, hitting 100. So if you don't know who John McDonald is in PEI, um, the nonstop powerlifting machine was like the nickname I, I learned when I met him. And I'm like, well, why? And like, well, John's done 100 meets. And I'm like, but he's not 100 years old, <laughs> right? So if there was a meet in Prince Edward Island, where he's from, he would do a meet. And wow. he just would compete internationally, do bench only and three lift. And I think I'm going to guess he's around the 120, 130 mark now for competitions. But when I heard of him being like, he just hit a hundred, like the week prior. And I'm like, what? Oh I said, that, 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 that's what I want to do someday. And then um, I thought that was wild. And I'm not sure if you're aware of who Jerry Marin Ted is, but Jerry Marin Ted's from uh, power pit um, mm-hmm. up in like Windsor Chattanooga oh, yeah. area. Uh, Bell River. That's where that's where Bell River. So, so Jerry actually started as a sub junior and now he's an M3. So I was oh, like, man, Jerry, like you must have done a lot of meets. Like how many meets have you done? And he started laughing and he goes, I stopped counting at 300. Oh my God. I said, I'm sorry, what? 300? And he's like, yeah. I said, you stopped counting. Like first off, first off, if you get to 300, why you stop counting? Like every one after 300 is worth like 50 in my mind. It's like you prestige, you know, like in Call of Duty, like start again. Because of when he also started lifting, it wasn't like it is today with periodization, prep, Mm. comp, all that stuff. It was like he'd compete on a Saturday and then he'd just drive over the border because he lived on the border of like Detroit. There'd be a meet on Sunday. So he'd go and compete on Sunday. So we tallied up a lot of competitions that way. And I think he's the most winningest power lifter in the CPU's history without like dissecting the books. I mean, if you just look at how long he's been doing it and he's been a uh, a couple of years ago, he won the world championships equipped and, and raw. Wow. Right. As as I mean, the guy wins. Yeah. Yeah. I think think he's the most winningest lifter of all time. That's So So those are just two guys right away when I was like, man, I like to lift. These guys are are, are pretty badass. Someday I would like someone to be like, yo, Chris is in 301. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like, so what is that? Four, five, six a year almost for you? Yeah, but when I started out, like my first few years, I was just like, "There's a meet, I'm there. There's a meet, I'm there." I was okay. Doing, like, you know, I was, I, I was just to get ex- a month, just to get experience. Oh, two a month, eh? Two oh, a month. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was available. I mean, and the and the the main reason was um, just that it was to gain experience. So gotcha. it wouldn't be like I'll run a full training cycle and then try to you know PR things on the platform. It yeah. was like, yo, I don't know what's going on. I need to talk to some people about this because I was I was hired as a coach before a lifter. So like oh, wife, really? today I trained her for rugby and she's like, we had some powerlifters in the gym and they're like, they're like, you should do powerlifting. Like, I don't really know what to do. And they're like, ah, oh, just like sign up. And she's like, Chris, like if I'm going to go with this, like, would you, would you coach me? 
And I've always identified myself as a coach first over other things. So gotcha. I've coached team sports. Uh, I've coached stage athletes. I mean, I remember being in high school, uh-huh. like on the cross country, on the track team, and my coach would have me run practices. Like I like to coach. Really? So I'm like, you know what? I'll dive in. And the best way to coach when there isn't a lot of resources like the internet, because I mean, <laughs> I'm not talking, I'm not going back in like the 80s, man. I'm not going that far back. I'm going like 2009, 2008. But there still wasn't a ton of information on in- online. Instagram didn't exist. Yep. Right? So I said, well, I just need to talk to people. So how am I going to talk to people? I'm going to go to meets. So I went to meets and every meet I would be like, I'd look at people and ask them, hey, you hold the bar like this. Hey, you stand like this. Why do you do that? And then I just kind of put together stuff from that. But that's why I did a lot of meets in my early days. Uh, that's really smart, actually. That I mean, that just makes sense, right? That That's how you get comfortable on the platform, under the bar. You learn from others. I, I remember yeah. even when I first started... YouTube was obviously a thing, but I don't know if there's as many guys on there doing it. Um, and I remember there's a website called Powerlifting to Win. And I don't know if it still exists. Yeah, it does. Powerlifting to Win. That's with, uh, what's his name? I can picture his face right now. Short guy, bald Yeah. Guy. Like, He's I, awesome. I can't remember. I just Izzy, remember. Izzy. There you go. Yeah. And I, I just went there and I just would, I remember I would just go there, reread, rewatch, do whatever I had to do. I remember Powerlifting was such, such like a quintess. And then also Candido. I did all of Candido's programs. I just like, ran it. I waited for him to do a new program then i would do it so it's kind of funny and then now it's just you know now there's coaches that just train power lifters for weightlifting whatever you want to do right now it's definitely become a little bit more common um although obviously you know 2020 2021 (laughs) it's a little bit harder um to do so so kind of on that note when was your last competition uh nationals so nationals 2020 i i competed there and then two weeks later the world shut down that was in march yeah, wow. that was oh. in March. So the way my life was kind of set up was uh, compete Nats. And then I was traveling. I teach um, fitness courses for uh, a company and so forth. So I was then traveling and teaching. Mm. And then so I was, I was gone a lot. And then it was like, come home. And we had a family cruise booked oh. for March break. We had a family cruise. And we were supposed to go down to Miami, I believe, on the Saturday. And on Thursday, you know, the world was like, um, nobody move. And I'm like, what do you mean? The flu is going to slow us down. Oh, and uh, I, I just call, actually, I called another power lifter up, uh, Joanna Ryber. Um, cause she's a physician. And I called her up and I was like, Joe, like, I'm not sure. Like I got a family trip booked. Like, is this a serious thing? And she's like, oh yeah. Like cancel that trip now, get out of Dodge. Right. And like, like pack up, stay home kind of thing. So yeah, we did. Wow. And I've been home ever since. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I wasn't very powerlifting focused last year. I, I was able to go to Mexico like middle of January. So it was nice. I got one last vacation right before it. So mm-hmm. kind of in that similar uh, similar vein, you get that exposure and then it's just been locked down ever since. And mm-hmm. I, I know, yeah, in Ontario, I don't think there's been a meet since, right? I think out West there were some meets. Um, yeah, there's a, I, I, I can say two. I believe there was one in um, um, Saskatchewan and one in Alberta. Yeah. And they were they were they were small like they were very small like under 20 athletes i believe Masks a lot of restrictions and, yeah. and i like even when it was done i think people were like yeah this probably was not the, the smartest idea gotcha. but we just work with what we have and then the province stepped in and just said everything shut down yeah and then now you have no choice and i think they're yeah. starting to reopen their gyms i think we're probably maybe a month out or so um yeah Today's the uh, February 8th. This is going live on February 15th. So maybe we'll have some good news by then. Um, although for you and I, the gym is always open. I understand <laughs> you're, right. you're a fellow home gym owner yourself. 
Mm-hmm. I've got the fudge factory. That's right. I forgot you had a great name for it. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what we call it. And that fudge factory, um, it started very, very small. So uh, as I mentioned before, you mentioned I'm a meat director, so we mm-hmm. run meats. So to run a meat, I need equipment. So I had to buy equipment to run a meat. So I needed to get you know um, some racks, some bars, some plates, all that jazz. So I had that to run meats. And then I would essentially rent from someone else mm. or borrow from friends because I didn't have enough to run a full meat. And the meats got bigger. I needed more stuff, started buying more stuff. And my wife um, was also a trainer as well. Yep. And then you know she left the training game and went into uh, went back to school. But her clients were like, still train me, still train me. I'm like, well, you know, we got some equipment. We'll set it up in the garage. That's where it always starts. Mm, yep. So we, we had a rack set up in the garage. We built the platform because I could build a platform for meats anyway. Yep. And then we got a TRX and we were good to go. So she was training clients from there. Then she had a baby and then the baby got in the way. So she was like mobile training people, like going to their house. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And they're like, like reopen the gym. And then we moved. And and now I'm in the house. I'm going to die. And I'm in, it's a good size house now. And the best part was when we bought the house, the basement was unfinished. Oh, nice. And we knew right away we were going to finish it to accommodate a gym. Absolutely. So that, that's where we, uh, that's where the fudge factory now lies. It, it's half of my entire basement. That's so cool. I, you know, it's funny. I remember when I first started powerlifting, I just, the back of my mind, it's like, oh, one day I'm going to have that gym, right? And and I don't know. I, I like to think a lot of lifters have that as a goal. I, I don't think necessarily, you know, that means there's no place for a commercial gym or like a powerlifting gym. I still think that they're they're awesome. I love going, like here, I'm, I'm in the Toronto area, so I'll go to Florida's Fitness. And the same kind of thing, you know, you get experience from learning from other people there, just like you would at a meet. So, but I mean, you know, to me, 80% of the training, you can knock out at home, get it done, right? As opposed to, you know, driving to the gym, driving back, just, uh, just not. Yeah, absolutely. Commercial gyms and home gyms, they offer separate things. Yeah. First time exerciser is not going to make a gym in their basement. You're right. Right. They don't know what to make. It's true. They don't know what to use. So what do they do? They go to Home Depot or sorry, um, a fitness depot and they say, uh, I think I need a treadmill. And the guy or girl say, Hey, this one's only five grand. (laughs) Get this one. Great. Awesome. And then it goes home, gets in the basement, gets used a couple of times, then it just starts drying clothes. Yeah. But someone who's going to make their own, and you would know this definitely more than me. This is your niche. But you know, from, from a, a trainer perspective, someone who has a home gym is an exerciser. They've been exercising for some time or they are an athlete yep. and they just want to get the work done and they don't want to travel and move around and stuff. You're exactly right. It's funny. There's so many people I can think of that, uh, like just in my family or friends, like everybody's got an elliptical or a treadmill or, you know, those little York weight plate set, you know, hanging around, right? Everybody's yep. got some, some little the sand amount. weights, right? The sand weights <laughs> yeah. with the plastic on them. Yeah. With, with the one inch barbell, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because I always try to explain to people, you know, like the value of custom home gyms Canada. I say you can buy equipment, but just because you have gym equipment doesn't mean you have a gym, right? It's the same kind of thing when someone wants to go and build like a, a home theater. You can buy a TV, but that doesn't mean you have a home theater, right? And I kind of think it's in the kind of the same mindset there, right? There's so much more that goes into having that home gym environment, right? And and even just from seeing the photos and videos of the fudge factory, right? It's so much more than just just a rack there, right? Like you're saying, you have the platform, you have the space, it's finished, and it's just this this place that you go to, you get your workouts in, and and you go back home. It's the same spot, but it's just it's different. It's not your home, it's your gym, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And I'll train at the commercial gym. I work at a commercial gym that's right so i will work out there 
and I will train at home. Yep. The way it works for my life that works really good is um, pre-COVID days, I train four days a week. So pre-COVID days, I would train two days a week at work and it was on split shifts. Mm-hmm. So I would train a few clients in the morning. I'd have a gap. I would train myself and I would train a few in the afternoon. I'd go home. But on the weekends, I just train in the basement. I just go down to the fudge factory. So I literally split it 50-50 and it works really good for me. And then um, the misses and the kids, they will they will work out in the basement they don't have to leave the house or anything like that. Yep. So, I mean, for our family dynamics and for my, my, my career, it works really good. That's smart. And, and do you, do you find that you do a particular lift in your home gym versus at the good life? Like, like do you deadlift at home for instance? Because you know what? Like I'm such a, I'm such like a bro. Oh, hold on a sec. I'm such a <laughs> we got another boy. guest. We got, yeah. We got guests. You need to go upstairs. He's in so much trouble. Um, <laughs> That's anyway, okay. Um, he wants to be on the show. Everybody wants to be on the show. You know what's funny? He's supposed to be in bed. That was my oldest son. He's supposed to be in bed right now. And Uh-oh. I just looked over and he's wearing a ball cap on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't when I put him to bed. Well, he, he's hosting his own show in his room, right? I think so. I oh, think I so. love that. Uh, when it comes to gyms, so I like, like part of me loves the idea of lifting in front of people. I like to exercise in front of people. It's fun for me. Yeah. So at the good life. Well, because you lift heavy, like, Chris. You got, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a bonus. But at the good life, you can throw bumper plates on, right? Gotcha. You can grab like the, like the, like the noodle bars and you can lift, you know, uh, to, to, to average members, a whole bunch of weight, but to an average power lifter, it's just training weight. Yeah. Like in a good life, it looks like you're oh, yeah. rocking the house. And and I'm very, and my, you know, my coworkers and my buddies and, and my girlfriend, everybody knows that I like to do it too. And they're always like, oh, you're really using all the bumpers. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, I'm just trying to get fit. <laughs> so like I will deadlift at the gym way more than I'll deadlift at the fudge factory. Cause That's I got so kilo fun. plates here, right? Yeah. Go on like, like three and a half reds. It doesn't look cool. No, no. From a distance, you're like, is that 385? Oh, I, I feel that problem too. Cause I, so now that I have my home gym here, I got uh calibrated plates as well. They're, they're custom made actually. So they're kind of cool. They're from uh local guys at a Woodstock called custom machined weight plates. So it's very, yeah, a, few, a, few, a few of my clients, I sent them that way and they got some custom ones as well. One yeah. got his wife, his wife was in on it and she got his name on the plates. Oh, the see, it's, yeah. it, it's a nice touch. Right. And, but then I'm having that issue where I'm going, especially for me. So quick backstory for me, you know, I, I dropped from like 105 plus, I think I was, well, let's convert it to 240 pounds down to 180. And so when you cut all that fat, you lose a bunch of strength. So I was basically just like running bodybuilding stuff. And, and now that I'm kind of, I'm slowly doing a bodybuilding block and trying to transition into powerlifting. It's like, yeah, one red and some change on the bar, please. It just feels so underwhelming. Uh, but the, the, the flip side to it all is that it helps. I find like when I'm working with my dad, because my dad is is the worst for just loading way too much weight. And, you know, he's just the king of that. I know guys are stereotypical for loading too much weight, but he's so bad. He's got the Austrian background. He thinks he's Schwarzenegger. You know, we get into fights about cheating reps or not cheating reps. And, and oh, it's just, so anyways, we throw on the kilo plates. He thinks it's 10 pounds or it's 22 pounds. And then he just goes, oh, that's, that's pretty heavy. Maybe I'll tone it back. Or, and he just, he can't think about what the weight is. So it's actually kind of worked out as a big benefit for training my dad. <laughs> I, lo- I love that because I've, I've actually already said to my kids, they're like, when I'm older, I'm going to be stronger than you. I'm like, no, you won't. 
<laughs> I said, you'll never, you'll never. I said, the day you're stronger than daddy, daddy's done. I'm dead. <laughs> like, I'm in the ground. That's the only way. So uh, I, I, and my kids are six and four. <laughs> so, like, you know, if I have that competitive nature right now, oh, yeah. them, I totally get where your dad's coming from. Yeah. You know what? It, it's funny, right? I know. I, you know what? It's funny. I never, I never thought about it from that perspective, but you're right because like we were deadlifting the other day and you know, my, my dad, li- my dad deadlifts a pretty good amount. You know, he doesn't compete as a power lifter, but, but he could probably pull four plates if he wanted to try. Um, and, uh, and you know, my best, my best deadlift was actually at one of your meets. Uh, so I, you know, partially thank you for it was, I don't know what it works into in kilos, but like 570, 567. So 65. Yeah, there you go. What was it? 267.5. Anyways. Um, see, you're better at the math than me. I still got to get adjusted to it. It's been a while. So I was trying to explain to my dad, hey, I know I lost weight, but yada, yada, yada. Like, I don't think you should be doing the same weight as me for this exercise. Like, I think we should, you know, just a little bit off, right? And I remember it just, it took all of his energy to, to swallow his pride and take off a little bit of the, and, and he really did need to, because it's been a while for him to deadlift too. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. I never thought about that from his perspective. And actually that's kind of a point I wanted to talk about was training now that you're a dad. Do you find that like, like for me, when I went from university in university, you had all the time in the world to, to train. And then when I went to the working world, it was even less. I could only imagine when you move and you become a dad one day, or at least me one day for you, it's right now. How, how do you find that that impacted your training? Was it a big shock right away? It was, it was a much larger shock for mom. Mm. Um, because she yep. was powerlifting, and then apparently they don't want you on the platform with a baby in you. Um, so I mean, like, I mean, and she, she, uh, so for her, it was a huge change in her life. And for any moms out there who powerlift, then they they have a family. Not only is it a really massive change, but you're also coming back to the weights with a different a different body, a different machine, mm. right? So for myself, I can have kids. And I've got I got the same car I always had, right? <laughs> That's no, a good analogy. No one changed any tires on me. Yep. I got the same same vehicle. Maybe it just needs more of a tune up. Yeah. But like the moms when they come back in, they got a whole new set of wheels, That's a, a whole point. new vehicle, and it's usually forty years older. So, <laughs> so it's harder for the women than it is for the men. I can tell for myself going into um, fatherhood, which was you know on the plan. You know, from when I was a young boy, I always wanted to have children. I always yeah. wanted to be a family man. So it wasn't like, surprise, here's a kid. Yeah. You know? But I knew that my life would have to change. My training would have to be changed a little bit. But here's the worst part. The best deadlift uh, workout I've had in the last like five years was um, two days after my son was born. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I just remember like it was two days after he was born, my oldest son, my first son. And then uh, I go to the gym to train and like I had a plan and then as I'm warming up, I'm like, this feels amazing. Like, I, I was feeling so good. Well, you got dad strength. Yeah. Yeah. Instant. Dad instant. So I, I threw the plan out the window and I just like crushed an awesome workout. It was one of those workouts where you walk out of the gym and you're just like, you're like, did I inhale steroids? Like, where did that come from? And so when people are like, you know, does it get worse when you have kids that day? I was like, no, it gets better. <laughs> Um, but I haven't replicated that day since, so <laughs> it doesn't last. I'll tell you that much. But uh, it was probably one of those like heightened emotional states that I was yeah. in that you know it doesn't come too often in your life. Wow! But, but having kids, I've had to modify and change a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But that's my job when I work with people. Yeah, they come to me with they have a problem. I have to find them a solution. 
and I've been doing that for a long time. Yeah. So I didn't say that children is a problem, <laughs> but it is a different part of my day, different part of my schedule. So things had to be modified and changed around. So small little things like I don't rest as much as I used to. Like between and sets? Rest is just another word for um, <laughs> slacking off, Instagramming, yeah. chatting to people. Like It's true. There's a certain amount of rest you really need. And so funny, actually, I, I, I did a workout today and I had to go pick my kids up from school. And I had to deadlift, bench, and then deadlift again. I do a two-in-one all the time. So I'm like, hey, this on paper, this looks like a lot. I think it was a total of um, uh, 18 sets total, right? Oh, yeah. And I had I had, uh, I had had uh, 40 minutes. Whoa, that's tight. I, yeah, I'm like, that's tight. But you know what? I'm like, the weights weren't heavy. And I'm like, I can get this done. So I literally just recorded it, and I treated it as I've got 40 minutes to get this done. Hmm. So when you change your mindset and you just say, I have to get this done in this time here, yeah. you'd be surprised how how tired you don't really get. It's a good point. And it, yeah, and it can be done. So the only reason why it can be done was I forced myself to do it. And the only reason why I had forced myself to do it was I had to do parenting duties. You had no choice. And a really interesting thing was um, the missus, when she had we had two kids, so after the second kid, she's like, hey, I'm going to go back into powerlifting. So had to had to start training and all that stuff back into it. And then um, she was training at Movadi at the time and they had child mining and I believe her childcare and the childcare there was for 90 minutes, I believe. Oh, or 90 minutes. Like it's, it's, it's a short duration. Yeah. It's not long, maybe 90, 90 minutes max, but it was a short duration. So do you know how she did all her training mm-hmm. supersets? Yeah. Well, she, there... would, she would superset squat and bench. She would wow. superset bench and deadlift. Like she take up half the equipment. <laughs> yeah, but it's the only way she she yeah. could get it done, right? Wow. And um and she and she did it. That was all through her preparation. So she was doing like ninety minute workouts, um, or sixty minute workouts four times a week. Like that was just you know full time teacher. Just... These other things too, and um it, she did really good. Like she went to Nats and stuff. She wow. got a silver in, in the open class. Oh, that's great. And was just like, okay, now I'm going to retire. <laughs> but but that that's that's what you got to do, right? And if anything, like that that becomes a bit of a, a plus, right? If you change your mindset, because you know in competition things change all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you can't be flexible, adapt, or or warm up and work out under a time crunch, then like if you have to have everything perfect, T's dot I's, I's dotted, T's crossed. Like I I know for me, I remember. I'm pretty sure it was at Nats. It was the only Nats I went to. It was all the way in Saguenay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the really far one there. And uh, actually, Avi, Avi was my coach at the time uh, when I was really into the powerlifting. And I don't know what happened, but I don't know. We screwed up, and basically, I had five minutes or less to go from uh, my my warm up, my first warm up on squat to my first attempt, and. It was like, and I was the first guy or one of the first guys. I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm the type of guy that I, I was number 10 out of 10 for my class at, you know, I was just making it there. I just qualified. So I was the but first still, but think of it like this. You're still ahead yeah. of everyone who didn't qualify. Well, and that, and that's what people, oh, how did you place? Oh man, you know what? You'd be surprised. I'm 10th best in Canada. Holy crap. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You, yeah. It. Cool. you, know, you yeah. know, it's funny how you say it like that. Right. I was, I was just happy to be there. It was a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, and I remember just going, you know what? I got five minutes, but if I can do this, I can do anything. And I remember thinking like, it's such a cool story, like, you know, where if I could share it with someone after, I'm going to do this. So I remember specifically, it was like, well, I'm going to go from five minutes, nothing to my first attempt. And, and sure enough, I hit a PR. I went three for three on squats. And I was like, yeah, I don't need 30 minutes to warm up. I can get it done. I can get the move. And, and it was just all up here that day. And, you know, I was, I was so prepped and prepared. It was just go out there and do it. You'd be surprised what you could do if someone 
held a gun to your head. Yeah, yeah. And if I, someone said, yo, Justin, there is 90% of your max on the bar. Here's your shoes. Tie them. Yeah. Go lift it. Yeah. Or else. You'd be surprised what you can do. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. You so hit it for a double. That, not that like... Not that I recommend any coaches out there pull a gun out in the gym for clients, <laughs> but you can, you know, and, and I'll do that with with people specifically where I will shorten rest periods. I will I will give them a timer and say, you got to get from zero to here in this amount of time as a practice so that when they get to a meet and they're in the situation that you were in, if they're not mentally tough, because some people just aren't mentally tough and it yeah. wrecks them. You were mentally tough. You made it. Yeah. But imagine if you made it and you practice for it as well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and honestly, it's, it, I, I really started to focus on that. Like, you know, trying not to wear a belt, try not to wear knee sleeves, no pre-workout wrist wraps, whatever it is, all of those comfort pieces. Cause you never know what's not going to be there on that meet day. And, and you don't mm-hmm. want to have any sort of hiccup that messes with you mentally because like, yeah, just to me, so much of the powerlifting meet is, is mental more than it is physical, especially at that point when you're just, you're so far along in your training and, and you had a good cycle and everything, you're ready to go. It's just, it's, it's all about performing. So, um, wow, that it's kind of interesting. So I would say that's a bit of a plus, you know, you have those quick workouts, you get your stuff done and you're just, you're just ready to go at all times. Yeah. I mean, I remember back in the early days I was doing like 50 to a hundred reps before I hit my opener. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now now I don't complete a total of more than 10. I'm always below 10 because I've just learned that you have it in you and you, yeah. Oh, we're moving you another flight. We're moving here. Well, no problem. I got to be jump. Okay. That, that, that's fine. So yeah, trying to get quick workouts in like it, it, it can work. You can never accumulate the same amount of work. Yeah. Right. Like, like I've got, you know, I, I've got, I've got athletes that, you know, they went down to band a barbell and, and they'll be like, yeah, going to train at six. And then they send me their videos at like midnight and I'll be like, what, like, why do you wait so long to send the videos? They're like, oh, I just got done. I'm oh my. sorry, what? Wow. What were you doing? I didn't write you three workouts. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I know. It's just, and I think, I think the big thing too, like if I just look holistically, whether it's powerlifting or anything, the biggest reason a lot of people stop working out or don't go to the gym is just time. They don't have enough time. And, and you're especially right. If, if you're basically on your phone most times when you're resting anyways, you're on Instagram, you're talking to somebody, Yeah. how much of that rest do you really need? It can totally be debated, but you can cut a lot of that fat out of there. Go in, get your workout done. Um, and, and the other piece is probably good too, is you probably don't have a preference anymore what time you train at, right? Like, are you just whenever you can fit it in, I imagine. I'll, I'll piggyback just on what you previously said about the rest time and stuff. Yeah. When people say they, they need more rest time. I always respond politely with, no, you need to be in better shape. I like that. Pa- yeah. Power lifters are not. You're right. If your conditioning is higher, you don't need to rest as long. Yeah. If your conditioning is higher and you don't need to rest as long, imagine, let's say you commit to two hours uh, 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 a training workout, two hours of time. You say, I can train four times a week for two hours, eight hours a week, but you're resting six minutes between sets. You get more conditioned, you need three minutes. In, in reality, technically, if you're still committed to two hours at the gym, you could do way more work if you're in better shape. Yeah, 100%. So sometimes, you know, for lifters, I'll be like, no, 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 like you don't need to rest that long. You just did three and it wasn't, it was like 70%. Like <laughs> change the weight and go again yeah. kind of thing. Um, so what was the other questions? And then and then uh, the other piece on that was, do you find that you, like you just train whatever time you can fit it in? Like that doesn't matter to you oh, anymore? Okay. Like I, I, I'm still in the camp where I'm like, I could not wake up at 6 a.m. and do a, a powerlifting workout. But that's probably just my mental mentality. Um, so as for training, like my, like my schedule set, 
Mm. I know when I'm training. Like it's in my calendar and it's been in my calendar for a long time. So, I mean, like in the gym, you don't book a session with me at this time period because that's when that's when Chris gotcha. trains. And then here at the Fudge Factory, it's a similar thing. The, one of the major differences though is I am a, um, a youthful looking 36, 36 years young. And what I've noticed over the years is actually with, with powerlifting, I can't deadlift early in the morning. Hmm. And by early, I mean, I can't roll out of bed at six and go tug. My spine yeah. just says, you know what? I don't, I don't like this. And it's actually a very common thing because between the ages of 30 and 40 on average for males specifically, you see the highest amount of DDD degenerative disc disease tend to happen. So the spaces between your vertebrae, so your okay. disc space actually gets flattened a little bit every decade of your life hmm. between the ages of 30 and 40 is when it happens the most. Oh. So, when you go to bed at night, we go to bed at night and we sleep, we always wake up taller, right? Like, yep. So we wake up taller in the morning. That is because the discs and the fluid in the disc become hydrated. And because they become hydrated, they then go like that. So having a hydrated disc is, is great. It's good for movement. It's good for life, all that stuff. It is awful for compression. Oh. Now, when we do heavy lifting and we load the spine, whether we're pulling or we're squatting, there is an axial load, some form of compression through the spine. And if your discs are super fluid and loose and stuff, you lack stability. So you're going to have different areas of the body that are unable to stabilize. And in most people, it's a lumbar spine. So then you get that twingy sensation. So to roll out of bed and go deadlift, huh. my body's like, Chris, you, you, you shouldn't do that anymore. Because when I do, I, I'm just wrecked. I'm like neurologically wrecked. I, my, yeah. I've tweaked my back a couple of times. So I found that I can work out in the morning, but if I want to say I want to deadlift at seven, I got to be up at four. Gotcha. I have to be awake for a while and actually let the discs kind of flatten a little bit more and let my body kind of warm up, literally warm up. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other lifts, not so much, um, but the, the squat's the same when it's really heavy. I was going to say, a heavy squat, I imagine it'd be very similar. Yeah, so when I, when I coach people after learning through experience and then also identifying the literature and the research that backs up what I was going through, I'll be like... You know, you're supposed to deadlift on Wednesday at this time here. You have a history of low back discomfort. So if you could only work out at six o'clock, we're going to switch that workout and you're going to do this instead. And you'll deadlift mm. in the evening on blah, blah, blah day. And I found that actually very successful with, with people who are 30 and above. <laughs> Under 30, you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, then maybe it's just my mentality. But I, I always looked at it as... Um, you know, it's funny. I, I have obviously, you know, Custom Home Gyms Canada Instagram page, but I also have my my uh, powerlifting page, Just Lifts, and I love that page because I just would just post my lifts just day in day out, and you know, anytime I'm in the bathroom, I'm watching myself lift, I'm analyzing it, and I just found that, especially if you're going heavy, like to me, it was just that mental prep of I'm going to hit a three by four today, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, da 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 da, right? Get it already, and just visualizing it. That was such a big part of it to me too that I couldn't just wake up oh what are we doing today okay let's do it right I, I felt like I don't know what percentage that was of actually being able to accomplish that workout but I just feel like having that mental time to prep for it think about it get in the nutrition for the day all of those things I felt that's why I, I, I love working out at like five o'clock four thirty just it's my peak time uh, and it, it's actually kind of funny because I had a bit of a realization the other day where um you know, I was talking to my girlfriend's dad and, uh, you know, I just did a, a gym for him. And so, you know, he's trying to get in shape, uh, lose a bit of weight. And so he was trying to analyze when he should work out. And so he's a business owner. So he's just completely flexible when he could work out. And so his thought was, well, I'm just going to wake up and work out. And I thought, oh, that's terrible. Why, why would you want to do that? And his thought was, well, that's when I have the most energy. I just slept for eight hours. I'm ready to go. 
And I thought, that's kind of interesting. I, I wake up in the morning and I go, oh, I'm tired. And, and I don't think that I just had eight hours of sleep, but you did. You just rested your body. So getting on the elliptical, doing a quick little workout for him is actually probably a good time. If it's general fitness, aesthetics-based training and yeah. stuff, first thing in the morning makes a lot of sense for most people. So you fasted all night, all night so hormonally you're more alert. Mm. Your body is ready and primed to go. You don't have to tax your um, connective tissues so much. You can tax your muscles. So muscles fasted can still perform if you've had glycogen from the night before. Yep. Um, as for, for power lifting, like I mentioned with the back where you need to be awake a little bit longer to be able to load, mm-hmm. that's a component. And when you go all day and you visualize your workouts, they're going to happen. You see your program, you know what you want to do. That That is actually a form of mental stimulation. You're prepping your body to do it. And you're feeling what the, sen- you're like the sensation, you're creating it in yourself. Yeah. And you're like, well, you probably sweat sometimes in your hands. So when you go and do the lift, you are dialed in and you have to be. Because if you lift barbells wrong, you get in a wheelchair. Yep. No one ever got crippled getting on the elliptical wrong, right? I've seen some fail videos, but they usually involve a, a ball <laughs> and max speeds. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the average person that gets up and like rolls into the gym in the morning to work out, if they're just not feeling the 25-pound dumbbell chest press, they grab the 20s. But if you've got a program that says, I'm going 3 by 4 at 82%, like, you know the weight, you know how it should move. And you would just hate yourself if you didn't hit the weight that was programmed. Oh, yeah. General fitness, people are like, oh, I did. I grabbed bands instead of barbells today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so to me, it makes the most sense because um, it, that's the time when he'll actually go and get in the workout versus if it's four or five o'clock, he's, he's not thinking about it all day. Like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm excited. He's saying, oh, I got to work out later. You know, I got to lose weight. I got to go do my cart. Like he, in the morning, it's like, get up, get it done. So it's just kind of funny. It was just a really interesting perspective that he shared with me. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, you know, lifting mm-hmm. for so long, I never thought like, oh yeah, in the morning it got the most energy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, that's uh it's funny, right? You know, you learn little things from different people and, and it kind of, you know, solidifies that point. You can learn from anybody with any level of experience, right? They don't have to be some PhD in nutrition and fitness, right? Anybody can have these little things that just stick with you and and you don't forget them, right? And that guy, uh, you're talking about your girlfriend's dad, he might be a super sleeper. And what I mean by that is he may actually get really good quality sleep Hmm. and he gets into deep sleep. So people who sleep really good, when they wake up in the morning, their cortisol levels are quite high. So you actually want your cortisol or your stress hormone levels high first thing in the morning. They're the people that roll out of bed and are alert. They're the people who are ready to rock and roll. And that's actually a very healthy thing to do. For some of us who we don't have great sleep as is, we wake up in the morning and our cortisol levels are usually pretty low. And then what happens is we ingest some carbohydrates and then they shoot up to counter that. So for some people get up in the morning, I, I'll talk about all the time, you have low energy in the morning, yeah. When do you usually feel good? About an hour later. Okay, well, what's your breakfast like? Well, I usually have you know toast, eggs, whatever it is. I have a coffee and I'm like, okay. So next thing you know, okay, you've had about 100 grams of carbohydrates and you've had some sugar in your coffee and you've had caffeine. So you needed that to spike your cortisol compared mm. to the other gentleman who might be very healthy and he rolls out of bed in the morning, sleep healthy I can go with, and his cortisol levels are, are high as they should be and they come down as the day goes on and he's just ready to go. He's alert and he's good to go. And, and the majority of people should actually want, they should be aiming for that from a health perspective because yeah. you can 
you can do a lot more with your body when your sleep cycles are pretty good. Is there any way that you can impact that that you know of? Just getting better rest or? or... Oh yeah, 100%. Um, so people who tend to um, not have good sleep, a couple of things might become, you wake up in the morning, you don't, you don't feel good. So for uh, some people who wake up in the morning, they're nauseous. There's a good chance that what they're consuming at night before bed is not digesting. So oh. they should actually be fasting longer. They should not be eating before bed. They should probably have their last meal at 4 or 5 p.m. Because they're eating before bed and then their digestive system is supposed to shut down is trying to go double time while they're asleep. So that is going to mess up your sleep cycle. You're mm. not going to, be able to fall into a deep sleep. So there's different phases of sleep cycles, one, two, three phases. And if you don't get into the third one, it's actually when your body is producing the most amount of growth hormone and testosterone in your sleep. If you're not doing the men and women need both. If you're not getting that, you're waking up the next morning like you didn't go to sleep. You gotcha. didn't get that recovery part. So if you're a lifter, that is so important. And about an hour ago, before you and I got on this this thing here, I was having a conversation with someone who, um, a, a young girl takes a lot of supplements, not steroids, a straight up supplements. Mm-hmm. And um, her coach, I think, is a bodybuilding background. was like, you need to take all these things, blah, 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 blah. And then I, and she goes, some things aren't great with my health right now. And I said, well, how's your sleep? And she's like, oh, it's garbage. It's absolutely garbage. And I said, no matter what supplements that you're taking, how your training is, how you want to cycle carbs, none of that is going to be effective until you get your sleep under control. This is someone who would go to bed closer to midnight and be up at three or four o'clock in the morning. So it's only getting about 50% of recommended sleep for the average person. So in in that scenario, you got to prioritize your sleep. And for small things, it's first off, make your bedroom your bedroom has to be a place of sleep yeah so electronics aren't for the bedroom right right? the blue light on our phone is not is not good for us it it makes your body actually release what's called melopsin so melopsin tells you to wake up melopsin is on certain lights melopsin happens when we look at the sun Mm. so it also emulates that from the screens what you want to have before you go to bed is you want your body producing melatonin and that's why melatonin is a supplement that people take who have trouble sleeping Gotcha. Melatonin shuts everything down. It, it decreases your blood pressure. It decreases your heart rate. It tells your digestive system, hey, we're on break. Don't work anymore. So you can take melatonin or you can take your phone, you can take your screens and you can put them on night mode where it will actually change the color of the screen from that blue light or that bright light to an orange tint light. Mm. And the guy who actually came up with that, his name is um, Dr. Sasha Panda. And he wrote this book called The Circadian Code. And he identified that people age faster when they're getting bad sleep. They age faster and oh. they die younger. Whoa. So he's a geneticist. So he makes genetic, sense. Genetics and stuff. So he came up with the idea of switching phones and technology. So the reason why your phone does it, our computers do that. And let me see here. Wait for it. Wait for it. There. You oh. see the color? The yeah, yeah, yeah. That is my dim light. That's my orange light. That's what I should be having on during this podcast, but I want to make sure that you get the best light of Chris. So <laughs> I'm going with like this one here. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Wow. But, um, that, that orange light that's on my ring, that's on our phones and stuff, was created by this, this physician, and it allows people's brains to calm down so they fall into deep sleep and they stay in a deep sleep longer. Wow. That's... Huh. That, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. And it's actually funny. That, um, my girlfriend was pretty adamant. We're not having a TV in our bedroom for that reason, right? She just said, we need to, and then go figure, we're still on our phones right before bed. So then I said, okay, I, I set the sleep mode on my phone where basically, you know, at least at least half an hour before bed, I want to be off my phone and we're just 
hanging out, talking, reading, doing whatever, trying to tone it down um, to get a better sleep and to get in that mind state, especially too, I find, you know, like, um, you know, I don't know about you, I I post a lot of TikToks. And so I post a TikTok. TikTok. I love it, right? And I I post it at nine o'clock. Best thing of 2020 of COVID for me was TikTok. (laughs) it's, It's a ton of fun, lots of organic growth, everything along those lines but i post at nine o'clock i did a whole study and nine o'clock at night was the best time for me to post i know you should post multiple times a day but i don't know i'm not that creative so i post at nine and then what i usually do is maybe i'll go live or i'll go on instagram and i'll try to do a bunch of work there um and it can quickly you know bleed into 10 10 30 and um especially with tiktok i find you know it's just it's just bam 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 like video 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 15 seconds 10 seconds just quick and so you know i could just feel my mind just overload 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 and uh yeah i i definitely said okay you know what uh doesn't feel like that's the right thing to do (laughs) right before i'm trying to go to sleep and have your mind racing about everything so uh made that change and i think it's been helping and uh you know, it's kind of funny that that must be where um, the old adage to not eat after 9 p.m. came from. Because yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's factual, like you're digesting, like I mean, everyone should eat three meals a day, not five, not seven, three meals a day. You want to be healthier? Eat two. Hmm. Like time restricted eating. It's been proven literally by this guy who did the light, uh, Sasha Panda there. Hmm. The time restricted eating. So eating in, in, in windows of eight hours have been proven to lead to longer life okay reversal of disease so people get diabetes people who who get uh, uh, cardiovascular disease metabolic disease and stuff small things like taking your eating window and getting it down to eight hours instead of the average north american which is like 14 or 15 hours has a massive effect on your health and one of the main reasons is <clears throat> everything adds up to weight loss including sleep sleep is huge sleep is huge you want to be strong you got to sleep you want to lose weight you got to be you got to yeah. sleep you want to put on muscle you got to sleep like sleep is the key ingredient for everything when it comes to health. And when sleep is off or when sleep is really bad, everything else just doesn't work. Everything yeah. shuts down over time. And they've even looked at um, like shift workers and stuff. And they're at some of the highest rates of cancer hmm. in occupations in the world is shift workers. Wow. Cancers, different types <sighs> of cancers. So if you're into that position, there's, you gotta, you gotta own your sleep. You gotta switch your shift of some, of some sort. But when you eat late at night, your body says, Whoa, 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 what's all this food? What's going on here? Digest, digestive enzymes. They're like, listen, we thought we were shutting down. We got to get going again because our, our digestive system is actually linked with sunlight. And oh. the best way to digest food is when you actually eat when the sun comes up and don't eat when the sun is down and just think about it. Just think about times where in your life where you're like, oh, I didn't sleep good. That, oh, yeah, because I had the heartburn. We had the Indian food. <laughs> Indian food gives me heartburn. Well, maybe it's just a high amount of fat and spice before bed, which is really hard to digest already. But if you're like, I had watermelon before bed, I mean, you can like babies with full stomachs can digest watermelon. Mm. But if you have foods that are really hard to break down and you try to have them before bed, it's even harder for your body to do that. You don't get good sleep from, you don't get good digestion. Then you wake up in the morning, you're not hungry, right? Because you're trying to digest the stuff that was just sitting in your yeah. gut rotten yeah. overnight. So your body's producing double digestive enzymes, which then takes energy out of you to be able to do that, to break that stuff down. Then you're not going to eat until probably around 11 or 12. You're going to grab a coffee and a muffin and then you're going to overeat at night. You're like, well, I didn't eat breakfast, so I'll have a big, a big dinner, and then I'll have a snack before bed. And this is cyclical um, evolution that keeps happening night after night after night, and then people end up getting really unhealthy. 
I, you know, I'm really happy you mentioned this because I was looking forward to after this uh, podcast, I was going to head over to Mickey D's and fill up on some of the calories I missed today. But hey, if it's going to kill my sleep, sleep's going to help the gains from the workout. So I'll prioritize that and say no to Mickey D's. <laughs> yeah, man, you're, you're better off fasting, going to bed, waking up in the morning, just ravished and double your calories at breakfast. That would contribute more to, if you're talking bodybuilding, yeah. to hypertrophy than the opposite. Wow. You know what? I, I, it's funny. So this is, you know, like I was saying, I cut weight for a while and then I just done a bit of a bit of a bulk, put on a bit of muscle. Um, also slacked off for a month. So put on some fat there. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I've never intentionally bulked before. And, and I, I was posting this on my Instagram the other day where I was actually finding it a bit challenging because I'm having to eat like five meals a day to hit the calories. And, and, uh, it's really tough. And, and, I'm finding like I'm not hungry and I just have to force myself to eat and I'm trying not to go to McDonald's or any of those places. Uh, but I'm not happy you said that because I'd rather have a bigger breakfast. I like breakfast way better than, you know, like a, a nighttime meal. So I'm going to take you up on it and uh, I'll let you know if I had a good sleep. I, I'm sure I will. Yeah, man. Um, bulking is unique. I've competed in six weight classes with uh, powerlifting. Six? Yeah, because the CPU changed weight classes halfway oh. through uh, my career, so I, I I bounced both. But I mean, like I've competed as light as sixty seven five, and I've competed as ninety three. So, so okay, sixty seven five, seventy four, seventy five, eighty two five, eighty three, and ninety three. Gotcha. With with purpose of of going up, going down, going up, going down, and I'll cut weight any day. Like I'll lose weight. Losing weight's way easier for me than gaining weight. Yeah, it is. It is effort, man. That is work. Well, and it's it's like. The thing too about losing weight, like personally, my body likes to gain weight. It's just easier for me to just put on weight, blow it up. Like, I don't know, whatever. Maybe that's just the food I'm eating or the, or the person I am, whatever. Um, but when you lose weight, I also find that, I don't know, maybe just cause I've been overweight longer or heavier, but it's, you wake up feeling better. Like, Oh, I feel lighter. I feel like I'm progressing. You see more muscle definition. You just feel better. But when you're, you're bulking, you're eating heavy. It's like you wake up the next day. You're like, Oh, I'm a little bigger and, and I got to get all this food and I don't really feel like eating. And, and it's just, it's uh, the whole pro. And I think the other part of it too, is it's like, you know, I, I inevitably am going to start a cut in March and it's just kind of like, you're just focused on that. And, and it's just, it's weird to, to, it's just weird to, to do a bulk, but I know it, it makes the most sense. And, and you almost don't trust that you're going to lose the weight in the future but it's like I've, I've cut weight like it's nothing before i don't know why this time feels like it's different it's just it's funny yeah, how it I goes find, i find with with um with purposely gaining weight depending on how you do it so if you want to purposely gain weight and you're committed to putting in just quality nutrients quality calories it sucks yeah it, it is hard man like to sit down and eat three sweet potatoes <laughs> three full-size sweet potatoes which you're looking at a Kit Kat and a, a thing of chocolate milk. Like, I could get the exact same calories, but I just go over there and smash that. I could do that all day long. Yeah. But if you're committed to the idea of, I want to put on weight and not put on fat or not put on that much fat, yeah. it is much harder. And you're always tired because your body is always digesting. Remember I said about you know, yeah. three meals a day, your best. If you're always digesting food, that takes energy from you. And that's why bodybuilders live in the parasympathetic nervous system. The only time they really turn it up is when it's go time to train. If you ever had a conversation with a pro bodybuilder, sometimes they seem a little slow. And, and they're not, it's not that they're slow. It's just that they are so calm and so mellow because that's how they got to be to grow. You cannot mm. grow if you're in the sympathetic nervous system, which are you're always fired up and you're always anxious and stuff. Like Those, those athletes do not grow. Mm. The best bodybuilders in the world are very chill 
and they only turn it up when they have to, and that is their two or three hour workout a day. But the rest of the time, it's hit the beach, let's nap, let's digest, let's just rest, no stress. Wow, huh? That that is kind of interesting and kind of funny. On that note, I found, um, yeah, same thing. Where you're going through those conversations, where you're going, okay, do I eat the rice? Do I eat the potatoes? Do I go to McDonald's? What do I do? Um, and it's funny. More recently, you know. I find that I'm picking the foods that just make me feel the best. You know, the, the other night it was Friday, you know, my girlfriend said, oh, let's order pizza. And I'm like, I just, I can't do the pizza because every, t- like I love Domino's. I go for thin crust. I try to do all the right stuff, but no matter what, I have four, six pizza slices. I'm just bloated. I feel like crap. I, I'm just, I'm just bloated. I don't feel good. And I'm like for the five minutes, I'm, realistically 30 seconds, I'm eating the pizza. It's totally not worth it. Yeah. Sometimes you, you got to weigh the risk. Weigh the- yeah so and, and i i bet i bet you know i bet there's other pizza it's so funny because you mentioned before that i do a podcast too so yeah i actually had a pizza a pizza place contact me <laughs> and yeah it was, it was random it was a guy who runs a pizza place out in, in the pian costello's delicious pizza shout out costello's so contact me he's like hey i see you need the gym blah, blah blah i got a pizza place if you ever want like some free pizza like let me know i want you to try it i'm like that, that's really really nice of you so like we just kept talking and stuff and then he's like hey come on i got some for us so i went to pick up some of his pizza it was really good and i made a couple of suggestions regarding like a health perspective i said you could do this you could do this you could do this well, yeah we'll double the protein blah blah, blah. It's, it's awesome it's good and then he's like hey i'll sponsor like one of your podcast uh, episodes i'm like sure that's so like so we threw cool. up a coupon code i don't know if anyone actually used it and stuff it's funny because i always made the joke that like my dream in life is to get a pizza sponsorship <laughs> i didn't really mean it but i, I, I kind of got one. Oh my god that's hilarious I must yeah. I, I must have missed that one. I, I've been listening to a few of them, not all of them. I was listen, mm-hmm. I was really liking the the ten minute ones because it was like quick, right to the point. Like the one I was listening how tos, yeah, yeah. The the one on smart uh, smart goal setting goal setting. Yeah, I, I really like that one. But it's funny you say pizza because I had um, my barber. He he gave me a contact for one of his buddies, and we were texting, and he was just need help with a home gym, and uh, you know he's on a tight budget, and so I just said, okay, here, go to this person, go to this person. He wants to just do it himself. I just thought I'd just do him a favor and and go figure he owns uh one of the local pizza places uh in Newmarket where i live and so he said hey come in anytime you want pizzas on me calamari's on me and i'm like oh this is the cool you know what if nothing came out of this business if i get one free pizza that is a huge success for me <laughs> that's so awesome that's why so many that's why people should do good things yeah like never turn down the opportunity to do a good thing turn down the opportunity to do something you know you shouldn't do yeah and, and you know what it's I've really been learning that the longer I've been running custom home gyms Canada just you know who your right fit clients are and you know who it's a stretch and most of those times now I'm just pointing people in the right direction giving them good advice and I'm finding not only is it the right thing to do and I just don't want to waste their time and your time but it pays dividends because those people are happy they had a good experience with you maybe they write a good review about you maybe they refer you to a friend maybe they watch your podcast like you on instagram all those little things they add up and whether it's karma or, or whatever else i i totally agree that's just that's the way to go about life uh, i i man you're speaking my language <laughs> uh, i believe in karma so much good karma and bad karma yeah and i want to be on the side of good so you know i always feel like when you can you should absolutely when you've, when you've been to any of our meets i'm, I'm sure if you're not if you're not in the zone of just training. You may have heard us talk a, a handful of times. We always do a bunch of charity. Um, yep. We donate a bunch of uh, the proceeds of the meat go to like the Orleans Cumberland Food Bank. That's right. So that's just one charity that, that like hits home to us. And I say, you know what? Like we can, so we should. Yeah. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, I, I will comment. I think I've been to two of your meets. I think they're both provincials, 2017 and 2015. I want to say maybe I'm trying to remember Probably. one of them. One of them was in like, um, one of them was in like a hotel, I think. And then the other one was in, um, it was like Netflix. a, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I, and it was really cool. It was just a big space, but uh, really, really well run meets. So that that seems like uh, a ton of work, but it definitely paid off. Uh, really, really good oh, meets. It's, it's so funny because like, I do it with the Victory Barbell team and there's a group of us. And then my wife my wife and I are like the meet directors. Like We yeah. oversee everything. And then we've got everyone who's on the club and they participate in different areas. And then the, the local community is so good as well with all the spotters and loaders of volunteers. But my wife always says things like, hey, if I'm going to make... Like if someone, if she's going to do something and someone doesn't want it done that way. And she's like, if I'm making, you know, 20 cents an hour from the work I'm putting in, I'm going to do it how I want to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because sometimes like people think, well, I'm paying $110 to do this meet. I should be able to get all these things here, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, do you even know where that money goes? No. Like when it's all said and done, like we're not running off, you know, down South with, with all this income we've just made. That's a major difference between running a quality meet and a meet where you cut corners. Yeah. We never, we never decided to run meets with the sole purpose of making profits and, and, and making money off it. Our number one priority was we were lifters ourselves and we would go to meets. And in the early days, they weren't run well. They weren't well done. And we didn't know any different. And then we went to other meets. And I can specifically remember one was Niagara open oh yeah uh the first time i ever went to niagara was like 2009 or something and i remember walking in and being like this is how this is how a meet could be done like this is done well a, a good i thought you were gonna say bad because i one of my first uh, cpu meets was niagara and i thought this is incredible like this was so easy so professional like like they really set the bar yeah so as as a lifter i said that's the experience that people if people get that experience it's going to do the sport very good and it's going to have people walking away with very positive experiences so as a lifter i felt that myself and said you know what i think we can do something similar and we can use this as our gold standard and i mean to the day every year when we run meets and stuff like i'm still i still you know i train some i train one niagara athlete and then like glenn moore and marlene like they're friends uh, i pick their brains all the time to the day hey glenn what do you think about if we want to do this here to run a meet phenomenal ideas and they'll and they pick our brain it goes back and forth yeah. but the idea is to run a high quality meet quality being the number one word so we always try to do that with meets and i see you do it the same stuff with your custom home gyms. Like I see some quality <laughs> yeah. gyms. Yeah, and and that and that's exactly right. It's it's like the, I do this part time, but I do it out of my interest, wanting to grow the community. Obviously, you make some money in the process, but there's so much work, and and you just want to build these quality gyms. You want to host these quality meets because you want to build the community, you want to build the sport, uh, and you want to give back to everybody. So I, I really like that segue there, Chris. That was a that was a good analogy, <laughs> and I have to say that uh, honestly, your meets were just as well run as the Niagara meets. I, I've definitely been to some bad ones too, uh, not CPU. I, I started in CPF because I didn't. It's the first thing that came up on Google. I didn't know which one was right for me. Um, so anyways, we are running out of time for the episode. Uh, but before we go, I did want to introduce a new segment to the Home Gym Podcast. And I wanted you to be the very first guest for this segment. So I haven't told you what it is. It's a complete surprise. Came up with it today. Um, but Chris, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I have a feeling this is something like hot or not. 
<laughs> kind of, kind of, very similar, very Gary V like that. So, uh, okay. introducing the lightning round, the segment of the show where we ask our guests, you, Chris Fudge, quick questions. And today's topic is Canadian powerlifting. Chris, are you ready to start the show? So ready. All right, here we go. So it's going to be 10 questions, quick questions, Canadian powerlifting related. We're going to try to do it as fast as we can. Question number one, sumo or conventional deadlift? Sumo, 100%. Question number two. Waste of energy. Sorry, go. (laughs) I need a a bell. Ding, ding. Number two, equipped or raw powerlifting? Oh, equipped all the way. Oh, tough. Okay. Alico, Rogue, or Titex competition plates? Um, Rogue. Nice. I'll go Rogue. Okay. Oh, I see your cats joined the show. So you go for a workout. Now, at the end of your workout, do you go for a protein shake or do you go for a steak? Steak. Nice. I'm a carnivore. Steak. (laughs) Canadian Powerlifting Union or Canadian Powerlifting Federation? Canadian Powerlifting Union. Nice. I thought that would be an easy one. Okay. You got to cut one. Squat, bench, or deadlift? Ooh, cuts. Tough. Cut. So if you mean by cut... We could say like cut depth. No, no, no. Like out of powerlifting. God, I know. I know. Because I've cut depth. <laughs> if I had to cut one, um, it'd be bench press. Hey, same here. Yeah. I'd, I'd cut the bench. Screw yeah. that. Okay. You got to add one. Overhead press, clean and jerk, strict curl. Oh, overhead press. Yeah. I'm an overhead, I'm an overhead press monster and I don't know why. It's just. All right. Was, all right. That was one I'm good with. Fair enough. Not bench, but you're an OHP guy. I get it. No, it's weird. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to deadlift and you're in competition. You're wearing your singlet. Do you wear a t-shirt under that singlet? Only because I have to. Oh, you have to now? Yeah. The rules passed like two years ago. You have to. All males have to. All all athletes have to wear t-shirts. That's a bummer. Okay. So if I didn't have to, I would be skins all the way. Absolutely. Of course. So that's my hot or not. Okay, good. 10 millimeter or 13 millimeter belt. 13. The more you get, the more stability you have, the more weight you move. I just put it on the other day for like first time in two years. I have so many like blood. blood. Oh, it's brutal. Two hour or 24 hour weigh-in if you had to pick? Two hour. I think it's more more legit that you are about a certain body weight when you lift something. And I've done, I've done the different federations, so I know the difference. Yeah. All right. Last question. Number 10, ammonia salts. Yes or no? Um... I'll say no, but, but, but man, like you, you, you know me now. I'm not really a fired up guy. True. True. <laughs> I, I probably need them the most, but I <laughs> tend to just be like, man, I'm good either way. I, it's, but it's, I think they have their place for sure. And if I'm at a house party and someone wants to open a bottle, I'll take a snort. <laughs> I'm not against it. You know, it's funny, right? When the topic of ammonia salts, I, uh, let me turn that music off there. I, uh, my one buddy would never, would never lose ammonia salts in training. And I remember going to one of his competitions. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And he like bailed on his squat. Like he didn't know where he was just complete, like horrible. And, and even for myself too, I realized like when I go to a meet, I'm already so pumped up. Like I don't need stuff to further, like when I, when I, the music I listen to very calm, like seventies and eighties and nineties rock, like nothing that's like above like a hundred beats per minute. It's just like very, very slow and mellow. Cause I'm going to be way, way too up here. If I don't do that. I actually, now that you mentioned it, 
Um, so I have uh, uh, smelling salts. I got a bottle of them and they're in my vehicle. They're in my Jeep and they're in my Jeep because when I have to do long drives and I get tired, I pull them out. I put a little water in and I, and I, I take a sniff. Oh my gosh. To stay awake just from long drives. And it works, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So I change it. Yeah. I'll say yes. To yeah. All right. Yeah. Just not in powerlifting. Other yeah. purposes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. Well, that is the segment of lightning round. I think that was a fun start to it. I want to thank you so much for being on the show, Chris. I thought this was an excellent episode, not necessarily home gym all the time, but sometimes you got to talk a little bit about fitness and powerlifting. I've got the Canadian powerlifter, Chris Fudge. So why not? So um, for all those who are listening, if they want to contact you, follow you on social media, maybe, maybe they want you to be their coach. How can they get a hold of you? Uh, the easiest way is uh, through the gram. Hit me on Instagram at C the Fudge, the letter C, C the Fudge on Instagram. Um, you could also check me out at the Project Fitness Podcast, which is right there. There you <laughs> and, go. And uh, that's Chris at ProjectFitness.ca. Um, but social media, any other social media, you'll find my name on Twitter, C the Fudge, Facebook, Chris Fudge, uh, TikTok, Chris Fudge. Um, but Instagram is where I do most of my uh, interactions with people. Great. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much once again for being on the show. I want to thank everybody for listening to episode number six live on February 15th. If you're listening to it today, or if you're listening to it in the future, doesn't matter. It's a podcast. You can listen to it whenever you want. That's the whole point. So without further ado, thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. Thank you, Justin. No problem. Good beat. I like it, right?